This, this, this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Hiya, hope you're well. If you missed any part of me and Nick on TalkSport 2 hosting Fight Club this week, fear not, because it's here for you in its entirety. Featuring Luke Campbell, Paul Butler, Joe Gallagher, and of course, Kel Brook. Enjoy. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to Fight Club on TalkSport 2. Don't worry, your ears are not deceiving you. I know what you're expecting. Gareth A. Davis, he's taking a well-earned break, is the boy. It's off-season, so he's taking a rest before a very busy September. He's well and truly upon us in the boxing game. Um, to host it to this week, are the boys from the Fight Disciples podcast. That's me, Adam Catterall. You might be familiar with me with my work on normal talk sport. Uh, and my uh, trusty colleague, Nick Pete, the uh, editor-in-chief of uh, Fighters Only. How are you, pal? You good? Very good, mate. Yeah, very good. Did, did I describe you right there? The editor-in-chief, is that right? Yeah, well, you know, editor, editor-in-chief. It's uh, Head honcho. It's, it's all a Main man. Main man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what we do. Main man. Um, so for those that aren't familiar with us, um, welcome to the show. We've got quite a lot to get through over the next hour. We will be speaking about Kel Brook weighing 11 pounds over uh, Gennady Golovkin on the uh, WBC 30-day weigh-in. We'll ha- hear from Kel Brook on that as well a little later on in the show. We're going to be speaking to Paul Butler. The reason why Paul Butler's on the show is because he's tra- changed trainers. It kind of sits nicely because Nick, my colleague, every time we speak about Paul Butler, tells me that he came up with his babyface assassin nickname <laughs> when he used to write about him in Liverpool. Yeah, see, this he does it all True the time. Story. True story. Yeah, I made that nickname up. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get Butler's take on that later on. We'll be speaking to Joe Gallagher as well. And Luke Campbell will be on the show. The reason for that is because he won gold at last Olympics in London. I think it's only fair that we uh, have a gold medalist to talk about our prospective medalists uh, this time around. Have you been keeping up to date with the Olympics, Nick? Yeah, I've been glued to it, obviously. I've uh, you know been watching a bit of it, anything and everything, to be honest. But uh, of, of course, I'm, I've been glued to the boxing ring, watching as much as I can. It was impressive. It's been, it's been painful viewing from a GB perspective, let's be honest. It's been painful viewing the first week. I think we lost six, seven in the first week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, compared to London, you know, obviously expectations are so high going into this tournament on the back of this incredible success we had in London. But it's been tough. It's been a baptism of fire for our boys, hasn't it? You know, there's, uh, there's not many of them left. Well, on that, would you put that down to tough first round draws and um, of the way that the preliminaries kicked them into the into the first round proper of boxing because let's be straight I mean Galal Yafai for example he got the Cuban number one seed nobody yeah. wants a Cuban at the Olympics for crying out loud certainly not in the first round exactly though. Anthony Fowler he takes on the 2013 world champion you know what yeah. I mean I mean that Kazakhstan fella he's probably going to go and get gold in the 75 kilogram uh, weight category you've yeah. got loads of other guys in there I'm like Pat McCormack who fought yesterday alright he's progressed a little bit but he took on the uh, Cuban bronze medalist from London 2012 yeah. so the standard that the boys have been facing has been elite. I mean, they're not, there's not been real surprises in there. They've been taking on top fighters. Of course. Well, McCormack only got this far because he beat a top Kazakh in a, a massive upset in the first fight that mm. he had out there, obviously. He beat the guy that was supposed to get gold. That's right, exactly. So, And then Josh Kelly, he got a, a, you know, a world gold and silver medalist. And then, of course, the heavyweight, Akoli. He met uh, one of the Savon family, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you know, you, you, you draw a Savon in the heavyweight division of the Olympics from Cuba, you know, you're gone. You, you're coming home early, well, just on, honest, just so. on a call, he must, have, he must have had a little bit of trepidation because he's fought, he's fought Savon before and Savon knocked him out in the first round. I think mm-hmm. it was at the Worlds. So when that's happened previously, 
obviously we know how much of a mental stress this game is. You go in there, if someone sparked you in the first round previously, you're thinking to yourself, it's going to come in a minute. You might not go in 100%. Yeah, exactly. Plus, it's you know it's your first Olympic Games, it's your first real major tournament of this caliber, and it's your opening fight. You know, it's not even like you felt your way into the tournaments and you go, you know what, I'm gonna get revenge over this guy because I felt great in the last round. Mm. All the pressure's on the kid, and he goes and fights someone that's already knocked him out. It it's been, as I say, it's been tough viewing, hasn't it? You know, the, and and just coming back to your point earlier, Adam, it's two it's twofold. Obviously, we've we've got a very young team in terms of experience there's not a wealth of experience there probably Anthony Fowler's side and the girls have got experience yeah. but I'm talking about the boys predominantly not a ton of experience in that squad and then we've gone out there and basically got the worst possible draw 90% of them have got the worst possible draw imaginable you know just a, just a wave of incredible counterpunching slick southpaw Kazakhstanians and Cubans you know could it be any worse but it, the good thing is it's experience, you know, for a lot of these guys. I know one or two have already kind of mentioned the pro game, but a lot of them, the likes of Josh Ke- uh, Josh Kelly and Akoli, uh, you'd like to think they're Japan anyway. They're Japan bound, so mm. this will stand them in good stead moving forward. But it's been tough. It's been tough viewing. Well, we've uh, we previously on our podcast spoken to Anthony Fowler. He won't be going to Japan. He is 100% turning pro. Uh, it'd be great to speak to him when he does get back off uh, his uh, his travels to Rio, just to find out what the what the plan is. I'm sure he won't be short of offers. Eddie Hearn might be speaking to him. Frank Warren might be speaking yep. to him. It'd just be interesting to see what route uh, Anthony Fowler takes. There are people still in there, obviously. That we've still got five in there um, for an opportunity of, of a medal. Um, the ones that have caught my eye, I'll be honest with you, Joshua Boatze. I mean, Jesus, this guy. This guy can bang at light heavyweight, sensational. He's next out Tuesday night in the men's light heavyweight, 81 kilograms semi-final. He's guaranteed a medal, is the boy. Do you fancy him to go and get gold? The way he's fighting at the moment, he's the man in that weight class, you know, as far as I'm concerned. He's the man to beat, of course. It's it's a tough final four, you know, we, we come back to it again. Kazakhstan and the Cuban. They're, they're, the Cuban's in the other side of the draw against the French kid. Both of them have looked good so far. And the Kazakhstanian who uh, Boatsu's got next, yeah. has looked good so far in the tournaments mm. as well. But nobody will want to fight our boy Josh because he's, he's two knock. You know, he got the first knockout of the tournament and he yeah. backed that up in the next round with another knockout. So And he looked good in his third fight. So, for me, he's the man to beat in this uh, in this light heavyweight eighty one kilogram division. But it's going to be tough. The good thing is he's guaranteed a bronze medal. So tomorrow night, when he fights tomorrow, I think it's about ten thirty UK time. He fights tomorrow night. Um, regardless of the outcome, we've got ourselves a medal. And, and you know, Josh has proved himself. This is a kid that a couple of years ago, you know, when uh, the the great story about this is when when AJ when Anthony Joshua was winning gold medal in London, this kid worked in McDonald's. Apparently, he was huge. Wow. He was like twenty stone. But he watched Anthony Joshua and was inspired to go to the boxing gym like four years ago. And now he's in the Olympic Games, guaranteed a medal. Sensational story. There are three other fighters uh, in action on Tuesday and Wednesday that are one fight away from guaranteeing themselves a medal. One of which is Nicola Adams. You'd fancy her coming through that and guaranteeing herself a medal, but do you fancy her going to make it a, a double gold? Yeah, of course you do. You know, she's the girl to beat. You know, categorically, she's the number one ranked in that in that division in terms of this Olympic Games. Um, you know, and Nicola really, she's the one the rest of the field don't want to draw, don't want up against. And you know, you'd be a fool to bet against Nicola Adams adding to a second gold medal. Uh, Joe Joyce, obviously in action as well on Tuesday. Yeah. The men's super heavyweight. That boy can bang as well. He's the guy that's been uh, sparring. You mentioned Anthony Joshua. He's been sparring with Anthony Joshua. So the lad's in decent company. He knows what it's all about. And over 91 kilograms, one fight away from guaranteeing himself a medal, the lad. 
brilliant, you know, and it couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer lad as well, you know. Everybody in the camp absolutely loves the guy, and what an incredible future he's got. This is the great thing about British boxing. Okay, it's been a tough tournament for us this time around, but this conveyor belt of heavyweights that were just kind of delivering these big super heavy guys that are then turning pro and doing so well, you know. GB could well dominate this heavyweight. Div- we are dominating professional boxing's heavyweight division right now with two legitimate world champions, and this is just the ongoing. You know, the, the 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 factory line, if you like, is continuing with John Joyce. So hopefully he wins a medal, and then I'm sure we'll see him turn pro this year as well. Great performance yesterday from Savannah Marshall. She fights Wednesday Brilliant. against the kid from uh, Netherlands. Yeah. Again, one fight away from getting herself a medal. And that's a great turnaround story of which we're going to speak to Luke Campbell about in a minute because he knows her quite well. He was in the same team as her at, uh, at 2012. I'd just like to point out we are fully aware that Muhammad Ali, the real Muhammad Ali, the man uh, <laughs> in the flyweight division, 52 kilograms, he's fighting, he's fighting on Monday and we are recording this show slightly before his fight so we don't know the result while you are listening to this programme he will have already fought so go and Google him to find out if Muhammad Ali got through against the Venezuelan kid that he's fighting in the men's fly Um, with all that said and done I think it's only fair that we get uh, uh, a former Olympian on the phone right now a man that has bagged himself not only a gold medal but a gold phone box that's what you want (laughs) in all welcome to the show Luke Campbell how are you pal? yeah good yourself? yeah sound man you've spent all your life obviously uh, aspiring to be at the Olympics. 2012, you get there, you go and get your gold medal. So what's it like watching the 2016 Olympics with a different mindset? Yeah, it's it's actually, it feels really weird watching it. I bet it does. Um, but, you know, but that being said, it's, um, it, I'm, I'm sat there watching it and I can't wait to get back in the ring myself. <laughs> because most of the guys that are still competing in it, you know, I've, I've faced and, you know, I've been against and beat some and uh, so it's interesting to see how they're getting on. It is uh, quite amazing. I know there's been some disappointments, I suppose, so far. Uh, we've still got five opportunities, though, with uh, with people yeah. still in there for medals and what have you. You must be impressed uh, with Joshua Boazzi. I mean, he's been just sensational. Yeah, he's, um, he showed uh, some brilliant performances so far. And, you know, he's, I always knew he could hit, he could punch, and, you know, he just seems to have... Um, his, his game's just risen um, since since the Olympics, and you know he's beat some uh, some good fighters, and you know he, he stopped a couple. And well, what can you say? He's doing fantastic. On from the girls' point of view, we all know about Nicola Adams. Some that maybe a casual fans don't necessarily know too much about Savannah Marshall. Now she was yeah. in she was in with you in 2012, and obviously was disappointed at 2012 with the way that it went for her. You must be impressed with her mindset, the way that she's attacked the 2016 games. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think this is this is our games. I really do. Um, you know, she 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 was one of the favourites going into London, and I think it was just a little bit of pressure and everything else. Well, it's that, nervous, you know, isn't it? It's home games, or everybody's got your eyes on you. You can get quite nervous, you know. Oh, it's massive. The the pressure going into Olympic games is is huge, you know, and and it can rather do two things. It can rather increase your performance. Yeah. I Joshua. Or it could. Don't be, you know, don't be modest. Don't be modest. I.e. Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell roars his game in, in London 2012. You're allowed to say it. It's all right, mate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I hear that. <laughs> no, but I, I you totally know, understand what you're saying. It does affect people in different ways, especially home games. There's a lot more pressure on home fighters at home games. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. But then again, you know, it, it depends on your mindset because mm. if you go out there with a mindset thinking, right, 
all these people are here and they're going to cheer for me. So that being said, it's like, oh, I've got, I've got the full crowd behind me. So every time I throw a punch, the, the crowd's going to cheer and clap. Mm. You know, so that's great. So I'm just going to carry on throwing punches. Now, from your point of view, last four years has been a bit of a mad ride. Obviously, you won gold in uh, London 2012. Just, to, just before we actually talk about the last four years, have you visited your, uh, your phone box recently or not? Yeah, I mean, I see it. Well, when I'm in full, I see it all the time. It's around uh, where I grew up. Does it work? Does the, the, the phone inside it work? Um, yeah, 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 sure. If you put money in it, it'll work. <laughs> it's not free. <laughs> I love it, mate. Love A lot it. of people actually think that the, the change inside of it is mine. And I, it's, it's my actual telephone box. Yeah. And I bet a lot of people think that if they go in there, there's a special button that they can hit and they ring Luke Campbell. It comes straight through to you, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I won't be surprised. (laughs) Lots happened in the last four years, mate. I mean, obviously, you took a little bit of time out right at the start just to just just enjoy yourself, I suppose, doing a bit of dancing on ice and all that type of stuff. But then, obviously, you got stuck in. I had a year out. Yeah, but then got stuck into the pro game, mate. I did, yeah. So, obviously, I had my year out of uh, doing something different. And, you know, I've been a professional... Um, boxing now for the last three years. I think I've I've had my ups and downs as well, really, with you know my dad falling ill and mm-hmm. taking time out and you know and, uh, and whatever else. But that being said, I think I'm in a good place now um, where I'm at in the professional rankings and you know I'm, I'm in the top ten in the world right now with only having 15 fights and you know I'm I'm, I'm improving and I'm, I'm building and climbing up the ladder every fight and getting better. Talk to me about the mindset after Mendy, because that comes out of the blue for a lot of fans, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Not a lot of people expect you to get beat. You've already spoke about maybe 100%, not being 100% mentally right for that particular yeah. fight last December. Yeah. Um, talk you to know, me about what what it was like for you at that particular time. You know, it's, listen, it's, I, I, I didn't win an Olympic gold by not, by not losing a fight. Hmm. You know, I, I lost fights and, you know, I... I learned from it and I've come and I came back stronger, and that's exactly what that is. But what was more frustrating about that one is that I didn't need that learning curve. Mm. But you know, I have to face the full consequences and responsibility of still deciding to go in there when I knew I wasn't right. And that's and and that's it. You know, cut a long story short. Don't give someone the opportunity to take advantage of you when you're not hundred percent. And that's all what that was. But it was a, it was a learning curve and it was. Like I say, it was a tough learning curve. I didn't necessarily need to need to have, but you know, I've took it. It's made me a stronger and better fighter. And um, you know, ever since that, I've won the Commonwealth title and um, with a second round knockout. Yeah. And then um, I've just beat uh, Mendes, who was uh, who was a former former king of super featherweight, mm. and um, just previously beat the lightweight world champion. And you know he's a, he's, a, he's a guy that's that's beat everybody and been in with all the best. And I, I just had a dominating win with him, which was a, a good win for me and a, a good performance against an awkward kid. I tweeted after the Mendes fight that that's probably the most mature performance I've seen from Luke Campbell. There's been exciting nights, of course, Tommy Coyle, all those yeah. type of fights, dead exciting, and you've stopped kids and all that. But the Mendes fight, I look at it and I go to myself, what a mature performance because you're on the deck in the second round. And I thought to myself, yeah. this, could go, this could go horrible here. But the way that you dealt with that was absolutely tremendous. Are you putting that down to your past experiences of what you've come through, for example, with the Olympics or maybe the new training regime that you've got when you're out in Miami? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I w- it didn't affect me whatsoever. I wasn't hurt days or anything. I just got caught square on, yeah. and just the, the shot just blew me on the back. I got up, and, you know, the shot did nothing to me. Uh, you know, I, I got back up um, and, and carried on outboxing for the rest of the round. But I, I broke his jaw in the fourth round, and then from then he just went... I mean, his defences and reactions and footwork was, you know, was, was top-level anyhow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then from there... He even went more just defensively, so he made the fight even more awkward because he wasn't giving me nothing. Mm. Whereas your strength, I mean, obviously you're working on all sorts of stuff, but your strength traditionally is that counter-punching. You, you take people out well, counter-punching. The thing is, like, yeah, I mean, we're both tall boxers, counter-punchers, and, mm. and our, our styles want the best of gels, really. But, you know, I, I, I don't want to be in no boring fight, so, you know, I, I force a fight. And um, won it by a massive you know, margin, really wide margin. Now, world title level in your weight division, uh, Crawler's got one, Flanagan's got one. You're now WBC silver, so that pops you in line maybe for uh, Zlatan Kanin or maybe Anthony Crawler if he comes through his Jorge Linares fight uh, in September. Yeah. Um, is that what your eyes are on at this moment, or are you looking British level maybe to make a statement there with someone like Scotty Carlo? What, what's the what's the next step for you, Luke? I mean, before the last fight, I, I wanted to fight for the British title. I would have loved to have won the British title. And, you know, I wanted to fight Scotty Cardell for the title, put the Commonwealth on the line, he can put the British on the line, and, and, and made that fight. But mm. he obviously cho- he, he chose a different route. And, you know, so he's chose a different route. So I moved on and, and boxed Mendes, mm. you know, and, and went a different route, um, you know, and beat a, a lot bigger... Um, bigger name in the boxing world of in fights. That puts you in line then. Obviously, WBC. Um, I've just mentioned there's Lattie Cannon. Um, nice fight there for you. Anthony Crawler as a domestic bust-up. If he comes through uh, his fight in, in September, that yeah. sets it up uh, nicely. So we're maybe, what, right, what, what are we looking? Are we looking middle of 2017, do you think? I mean, that'd be, that'd be awesome, you know. He's, he's a lovely guy. He's a great fighter. And, you know, I'm I'm on my way up as well, so... You know, if I'm proving myself in the fights I'm winning, then, you know, I'd, I'd love to take that fight. And um, 2017, I think we, we could make that a massive fight in the UK. Top man, Luke. Thanks for talking to us here on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Fight Club. Coming up next, we're going to be speaking to Paul Butler and his brand new trainer, Joe Gallagher. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. You're listening to TalkSport 2. This is Fight Club, normally with Gareth A. Davis, who is on his holidays enjoying a well-earned rest. He'll be back in September for the kickoff of the brand new season. What a kickoff that will be as well. Uh, with Liam Smith taking on Canelo, we've also got Gennady Golovkin against Kel Brook, who you're going to hear from in the last part of today's show, so make sure you stick with us. Uh, just in case you're wondering who we are, we are the Fight Disciples. That sounds quite regal, uh, but we, <laughs> we are uh, from a podcast, Fight Disciples podcast. Go and check us out on iTunes. Loads of stuff on there, extra content from the world of boxing and the world of mixed martial arts. My name's Adam Catterall. You might know me from Normal Talk Sport. And my main man here, Nick Pete, uh, the editor of Fighters Only magazine uh, in the studio. Now, um, this is quite nice, This that this has fallen in our lap this week, Nick, right? Because... Um, with it being the off-season, it's quite difficult to talk about nothing, if you know what I mean, because there's no fights going on, I suppose, at the moment. It's very hard for us to get stuck in other than the Olympics. Yep. So it's quite nice that there's a little bit of a topic away from fighting in the ring that it kind of coincides with your journalist career, because Paul Butler, the baby-faced assassin, 
as name. named by yourself. <laughs> Great name. As Great you name. keep claiming over the years. <laughs> uh, has decided to switch trainers. He's gone to Joe Gallagher. What did you make of it when you heard that? Um, I was surprised initially. Uh, obviously, I'm not surprised that he's gone to Joe, <laughs> Joe Gallagher with the Czech record that Joe's got. You know, the, the champions that he's got in his gym. I was just surprised that he moved so quickly because he was with... Anthony Farnell for such a, a long space of time. Then he changed gyms, of course. He went over to work alongside Martin Murray and Rocky Fielding and those guys up in Bolton, didn't he? Mm. Um, and then he's kind of, you know, it, it obviously hasn't quite worked out there for him. So he's, he's gone over to Joe Gallagher, which is, as I say, it, it was just a surprise that he moved so quickly. But then, you know, the, again, the fact that he's gone over to Gallagher's gym. You know, he's in good company. Exactly. You know, there's a reason why Joe got Ring Magazine Coach of the Year last year, and that's because the guy's making champions. Mm. So uh, you know, there's no better place for him to be. And you know, we spoke about it recently on a podcast that you know, with the, with the likes of Anthony Crawler floating around, similar weight class too, and as world class, literally world class spar, and right on his doorstep. So uh, and Quig, and of course of Quig as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just think. This move will coincide, I think, with the rebirth of Paul Butler in terms of Paul Butler going back up to bantamweight, where for me he's had the great, the best success in his career so far. I can see him go back to bantamweight. I can see him really having a big title push at the beginning of 2017 and um, you know, watch out if you've got a belt in that weight class. That's all I'm saying. Well, let's ask him. How are you, mate? I am, mate. I'm good, thanks. We've got to clear something up. I know we've spoke about this in the past, right? But uh, Nick always, every time your name gets mentioned, he always says, "I gave him his nickname. I gave him his nickname." Yeah. <laughs> so this, for, fame. so this for a new audience, for our national audience here on Talksport Two, you need to clear this up yourself. We need to get it from you. Who gave you the baby-faced assassin? It was Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> mean it, man. No, yeah. I mean it, man. This I boxed, is. I boxed in the Commonwealth Feds in Liverpool, um, and I had two days' notice, and Nick done an article in the Echo saying, uh, "Baby-faced assassin strikes again." That was in the semi-finals to get me in the final. And uh, ever since then, it stuck. And it happens to be that Marco Antonio Barrero's my hero as well. So it, uh, it ended up sticking from there. Look at you. Eh? You'd be down in that. You should, be, you should patent that, Nicky boy. You should get it patented, exactly, mate. Yeah. You know, every time he wins a world title, you want it, you want 5%, mate. That's what you want. It still fits as well. I know Paul must be, what, 20, 27 now, Paul, and yet you still look about 17. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It still fits. Still get ID'd now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, mate. Obviously, you switched trainers recently. We're going to speak to Joe in a minute. I just want to uh, yeah. clear something up. We've just been uh, uh, talking about obviously the rise of your career and where things are going. And obviously, Nick's been a huge fan for a long period of time and talks about this as being the rebirth of Paul Butler. But first of all, why did you leave Oliver's gym? Uh, I just didn't feel comfortable there. Um, I had like a twelve-week training camp there, and obviously the fight fell through. And um, after going back in twice after after the fight fall and through, I just didn't feel comfortable. It just felt like I was going in. I was saying all right to the lads, and then the next thing I'd say was, "See you later. See you tomorrow." Yeah. Um, I think boxing's hard enough as it is without having a laugh in the gym and and um, all having a all having a bit of a crack while you're training and that. And uh, I just didn't feel comfortable there. I'm, I'm used to having a mad gym like Arnie's. Was mad. It was full of mad people there's people coming in and out every day and yeah Is he st- does Arnie did Arnie still have that bulldog floating around the gym all day yeah yeah, yeah. Um, George was it yeah yeah, yeah. still has that there yeah and uh, it just it just didn't feel right for me at Oliver's um, good trainer and all that but just didn't feel right for me so so why why Joe Gallagher then why did you choose Joe it, 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 was it word of mouth did someone recommend him in or what was the crack uh, 
um, well, obviously Joe's got loads of champions here. He must yeah. be doing something right. And I'm 27 now, and this is the pinnacle of my career. I need to start pushing on and, and winning titles where I want to win big titles. And uh, I think if anyone's going to do it for me, it's going to be Joe Gallagher. Would you still say that you are then, because last time I spoke to you, you said you're two wins away from uh, world title. Would you say that you're still in that same boat or, or is it a bit further down the line? Where are you at with it? No, yeah, we've spoke to the team and since I've gone up to Bantamweight, we're still one or two away from the world title. It didn't really set us back too much. Um, hopefully we get, I want the European champion who, who beat Ryan. Yeah. Um, and if I beat him, he's a good name and uh you can push on to, to world titles then straight away. Well, there's one thing that you've just answered for a lot of people that might be dipping in, just to find out what weight you're going to fight at, because you were going for history. 100 years, I think yeah. it's been, and somebody going from world champion, stepping down in weight doesn't normally happen. People normally step up in weight. You went from IBF, bantamweight champion to superfly, but now you're back at bantamweight. That's confirmed, is it? You're fighting at that weight? Yeah, I'm back to bantamweight. Um, physically couldn't do flyweight, uh, superflyweight no more. It was... I was dead on my feet at, at the scales last time. I mm, had yeah. a pound to go. I never felt so bad, like stepping on the scales before, and I've never failed weight before. So Russ, yeah, when you were like, when you were IBF bantamweight champion, or Paul, what what was the logic behind moving down to Superfly anyway? Was it to make history, or was it just because an opportunity was there? To, yeah, I just got advised to um, before Stuart all even won the world title. I'd sat down with Frank, and Frank said. There's an opportunity there. If Stewie all wins the world title against Malinga, mm-hmm. um, would you fancy going up a weight and boxing him for the world title? Uh, all being well and good, you win it. Would you drop back down straight away if we got you the world title fight? And the answer straight away was, of course. Yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to knock the, the world title down against Stewie all if yeah. he won. And I'd have loved to. Like I was naturally a super flyweight then anyway, so I, I always wanted to compete at super flyweight anyway. So um, I didn't want to knock that back. And then, obviously, looking back now, I wish I stayed at Bantamweight because I think Caballero would have been an easy night's worth than, than Zolani Tete. Tete, yeah. yeah. Mm, obviously, at the time, I don't think we, I don't think anybody kind of realised what, what a talent Tete was. No no one knew nothing about him. No, um, that was we, the problem. We knew nothing about him ourselves. Um, a few tapes from years back when, when he lost in that book, nothing really that we'd seen close up and... And uh, we found out on the night, we found out the hard way, but you learn, you learn a lot more from your losses than you do your wins. Yeah, big time. So what's it, obviously, is it the Europe, as you say, that European title, which 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 Farag lost last time out, is that that's the direction, obviously, you're hoping to go? That's when will I'm you hear about that? At. Yeah. Um, I should find out within the next couple of weeks when I'm boxing. Um, I, I'd like to be on Liam's bill as well in Dallas. I'd, I'd love to be on that. Yeah. If you can get us a spare ticket, mate, that'd be wicked. You know what I mean? We're, we've been trying, we've been phoning him. He keeps he keeps pieing the phone phone call, pal. So if you can sort us out, that'd be wicked. I'm sure he's still, sure he's still got loads of tickets here. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'd like to be on an eight rounder and that, and then obviously come back in five, six weeks after that, maybe. Hmm. Hopefully, if we can get the European champion. If not, we'll go down a different route. Yeah. Well, there's Jamie McDonald sat there. If he's not stepping up in weight, there's a there's a nice one for you at Bantam Weight. Well, we've asked for that as well. Um, that looked like that was going ahead until he has to box his mandatory, which is yeah. Rashid Warren. Yeah. He has to box him. So that looked like it was going ahead until until all that came out. So that's a no-go now. But maybe if he doesn't step up in weight after the mandatory later on next year, yeah. that's a beauty. That's a domestic clash that everybody would want to see, I think. Yeah, Jamie said that 
he, he won't move up and wait until he gets beat. Um, so so after you then? So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he comes through this one um, and then me and Jamie can get it on and uh, we'll say to for him to the bantamweight. Top man. <laughs> Listen, Paul, thanks for your time, mate. It's been a pleasure yeah. speaking to you. Uh, good luck with the new, with the new training. I know that uh, Joe does the does the business there. He's got a lot of champions in there. I know he works you hard, yeah. but for, we know your history, mate. We know that you're a grafter, and we wish you all the best. All right, thanks a lot, boys. Top man. Cheers, Cheers Paul. Paul. Cheers. See you later. There's some good fights out there for Paul Butler. I love this British bantamweight division at the moment. Obviously, Haskins is fighting Stewie Orley, we mentioned then. You know, that fight's coming up uh, later in the year, September, I think it is, for the IBF title. So that's certainly an opportunity for Butler as well. But, you know, it's, I love the fact that he's in the mix in this bantamweight division in the UK because, as I say, there's four or five guys there. And I love it when British guys are fighting for world titles because it means they stay on these shores. Shall we phone the teacher? I think it's only fair. Let's, let's, let's snitch on him. Let's phone his boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see what Joe Gallagher's got to say for himself. We've just had him on the show. He's been slagging you off, honestly, mate. He's been giving you he's been giving you tons, absolutely tons. That's a lie, by the way. I'm just trying to cause a little bit of friction. I'm only joking. From your point of view. Butler? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well he's gone as quick as he came anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> Listen, from your point of view, mate, obviously this is a former world champion, maybe that's lost his way over the last twelve to twenty four months. What did you see in him? Why did you welcome him in to the Gallagher's gym? Because let's be honest, you don't need to tech on more fighters, do you? No, listen, it's well known that um, over the last 12, 18 months, I've had plenty of people knock on the door and big names as well, and uh, they just weren't suitable. Um, Paul, um, I was approached around six weeks ago, um, and I sort of like left him out for a bit um, just to see, did he really want to join? Now, when somebody of the calibre of Paul Butler uh, knocks on your door, I'm sure everyone else there will snap their hands up straight away and start training him, but... I wanted to see um, what he thought of the gymnasium, how, how he thought of the setup, that, how we train. I wanted to see how he settled in with the lads and the team because it's a very tight team. Mm. And uh, if the lads bonded with him and uh, we said, listen, we'll just have a, a two-week trial and see how we get on. And after the two weeks, he's but happy here. And um, like I say, in total, it was like a, a six-week process. It's not something that's got to do a, a knee-jerk reaction and say yes straight away. And then within a week, we're not really gelling. So um, mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to see how... Much he really wanted to uh, join the gymnasium, and he did. Um, when I got back in touch with him um, from the initial contact, it was like three or four weeks later, he was still adamant that he still wanted to join. And I thought, now nah, fair play, he could easily. I thought he was going to say, Well, sort of, dude, do you think you are? I can go somewhere else. He'll snap me up. <laughs> but um, that tenacity and, and that will and wanting to join um, sort of like um, uh, made an impact on me. That dynamic's important, isn't it, within the gym? I like the way that you approach it, though. You approach it. Uh, like a football manager. I know that there's boxing's quite a, a solo sport, very lonely sport at times, but that yeah. gym mentality, all the lads in there going for the same goals and all that type of stuff, world titles, it's important yeah. that somebody doesn't come in and rock the boat, that you don't maybe bring in um, one of those disruptive characters. Yeah, not, not, not only that, like you say, it just needs that one bad apple to, to ruin the car and uh, within the gymnasium with the lads, everyone's there for each other. There's no egos in the gymnasium. There's no entourages. Um, and I would just want to see uh, how Paul Butler was when he came in, and I think I think Paul has always been the big fish um, in the gymnasiums where he's been, and yeah. uh, he's come to this gymnasium, and he's just the same as everybody else. To the left, he's got Crawler. To the right, Liam Smith. Behind him, Scott Quigg. 
Callum Smith and um, he, he mm. just feels uh, it's good company. Him. It's good company, that, isn't it? To be fair, that's pretty good company to be knocking about with on a day to day basis. <laughs> no, it is. He's known a lot of them over the years, over the circuit as amateurs and room together uh, with for England, obviously with uh, Scott Cardle and Stephen yeah. Smith. So, um, yeah, he's quite familiar with the lads. And it was just making sure that everyone was happy uh, and I don't want that one person to disrupt anything. And uh, like you said, I had a meeting with the lads and uh, I take their opinion on board as well. Joe, Paul just pointed out then as well that he's going to be coming back and, and focusing on that bantamweight division. Was that was that a decision you made with him or was that a decision he'd already arrived with at the camp? Or, you know, how's that dynamic worked? Well, he's, he's came to me and he said, listen, I missed weight last time. I asked him how long he'd been at the weight for and he'd been at weight having uh, numerous years. And I just thought to myself, well, listen, let, let's go at Bantamweight and see how we go. Um, and within a few weeks' time, let's see where the weight is and see whether you could possibly do that weight division again, the lower weight division. But in the meantime, let's go into a fight without the stress of making weight. You've won a world title at Bantamweight and mm. I, I want my fighter to be happy and have less stress, enjoy his training and bounce into a fight and when we get near enough to, to the Bantamweight um, uh, division weight limit I'll, I'll have an idea really if he couldn't make that weight but for, for now anyway I'm, I'm going to campaign him at Bantamweight and um, see if we can get an opportunity he, he mentioned that there might be an opportunity to get him out there on Beefy's undercard, how close is that? Yeah that's right, we spoke to his promoter Frank Warren who's got to speak to uh, Golden Boy and uh, that'd be a, a great um, trip for him. And also, like you say, it's got to be a, a, a massive experience, a massive showcase, massive fight. And he'll only get excited about being in around that um, occasion and a chance for us to have our first fight together before we go for a European title or a world title. So, uh, no, I think it's, a, it's ticking all the boxes. Hopefully, Frank can come through on that now and deliver him a slot on that show. It'll be a great start. Got to talk about this, haven't we? We're, we just mentioned Beefy's fight. What a month that you've got lined up personally within that gym. Obviously, Beefy out in uh, uh, the States. You've got Crawler at the end of the month, mate. I mean, the season's kicking off. Obviously, we've, on the on the show tonight, we've been talking about Kel getting stuck into Triple G. British boxing is booming, but in particular at Gallagher's gym. How is Beefy? How's he feeling? Is he is he looking forward to the challenge? No, he can't wait, mate. We've just done some solid pad work this morning, body belt work, and he's really ripping in them body shots. Um, he's really doing good sparring at the moment and he's in, a, he's in a very happy place. He's ahead of, he said it to me this morning, he says, I'm really happy. He's had the weekend off. He went down and watched the Liverpool Arsenal yesterday. That's probably made him happy. So. That's probably made him happy. <laughs> Anybody that whoops Wenger in his own backyard, mate, that makes everybody happy, doesn't it? I, I think it was because he was in Frank Warren's box with Frank and Frank's a big Arsenal fan. <laughs> so, uh, no, so he's happy and he came in today saying, I'm really happy and, I'm ahead of this from his sprints, ahead of this from his swimming, and his weight's good. And uh, he's, a, he's a happy kid. He's enjoying it. He's a he's a fighter that, that that's soaking it all up. And now, like you said, we have HBO following around for a few days now. That's got a nose him a little bit because they absolutely want to follow you here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll enjoy it. But it's a like you say, it's a, it's a it's a massive start to the season. September the 10th, we've got Callum Smith out first, and Paul on the on the Brook Bill, and yeah. then I fly straight out Sunday morning to Dallas with Liam. Straight after that, and I said to him, I said, it's all right for you. You can celebrate and go to Vegas when you win. I said, I'm straight back to Manchester because obviously it's fight week for Anthony Crawler. Yeah. He's got a massive fight with Linares, Jose Burton, Buglione, Callum Johnson for a Commonwealth title, and Marcus Morrison defending his title. And you've, oh, took, and you've took on Butler, mate, because you ain't got, you're, not, you're not busy enough. So you thought you'd take another uh, and on. No, no, but, but, but Butler's <laughs> a, a, a very talented kid. He's my style of fighter. 
He's um, got um, great dedication, great motivation. He's got lots of ability. And he's, a, he's somebody that I just think, nah, I can improve this kid. And it's a, it's a good project. And um, that's what I want to do. I'm really looking forward to um, yeah, Paul Butler coming back better and stronger. One final thing. Um, I noticed that there might be a little bit of problems regarding the, the money <laughs> for uh, De Gale and Badu Jack. There's a bit of an argument over who's getting paid oh, what. If that... we're, 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 on high, we're on high alert. Yeah, if it falls <laughs> through, man. If it falls through, are we doing it? Is Callum getting the shot? What's going on? Listen, I was straight on Eddie Hearn last night. He's on holiday at the moment, and both of us are absolutely looking at that situation. I see uh, Sauderland, um, uh, George Groves promoter, saying that he wants to make the James De Gale fight with George Groves. So that belt becomes vacant. Obviously, it'd be great that most probably Callum Smith could fight it, and it could possibly be going against a Durell or a Chavez. That'd be a fantastic, wouldn't it? <sighs> That'd yeah. be something else, man. Something oh. else. No, Listen, we're on high alert. We're on high alert. <laughs> I think Callum's in the gym today. He's training, and uh, he, he's like you say, he's got a couple of dates there. Obviously, he's got to fight Luke Blackledge, but. Um, you never know. Things happen very quickly in boxing, don't you? And as quick as things look like they've got to happen, they can easily mm. fall apart. So, mm. um, fingers crossed. Joe, thank you so much for your time, mate. You're a busy man. I'll let you get back to the gym and train some boys. Brilliant, no problem. Thanks very much. See, see you soon, boys. Exciting times at Gallagher's gym. Also exciting times across the Pennines in Yorkshire. Kel Brook is on the show next. You're listening to TalkSport 2. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Evening. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes. This week is with the guys from the Fight Disciples podcast. I'm Adam. Nick's here as well. Um, It's been eventful so far. Luke Campbell's been on the show. We've had Paul Butler on the show. Joe Gallagher's been on the show. Tell you, man. Your uh, your phone book's coming handy today, Nick. Well done, son. <laughs> now, I've no doubt Gareth A. Davis, when he's back on Fight Club, will be previewing these fights uh, intensely. But I think it's only fair that we just touch upon it a little bit because we're all getting dead excited. The first one on September the 10th, right here in the UK, Kelbrook, daring to be great, taking on Triple G. We've had the 30-day weigh-in now for the WBC. What did you mm-hmm. make of that? £11 heavier, Kelbrook. He's £11 heavier uh, than, the, uh, than the middleweight champ. The mad thing was, you know, when I, obviously I heard it before I seen the pictures of of the guy, you know, of them on the scales and stuff, and I, and I was thinking, oh no, Kel's been hammering the Nando's, just kind of like, because <laughs> what it is, it's a statement, isn't it? It's a statement. Kel Brook has letting Golovkin know, you're not going to be the bigger guy, you're not going to physically impose me. I'm going to weigh in at my check weighing eleven pound heavier than you to prove to you that I'm a big guy as well, that I'm also having to cut weight to come down. But I just thought, man, Kel must be like huge. And then I seen the pictures of him, and there's not an ounce of fat on him. He's mm. ripped to bits. Yeah, he's ripped to bits. I think he so. has been hammering the Nando's, but he's just been eating the chicken, mate. Because that's the, it. Yeah, pulling the skin off. He is stacked the muscle off. Yeah, he looks great. He looks great. And what, you know, what is there about an inch between them? Golovkin an inch taller or something yeah. like that? It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a hell of a fight. I can't wait. I can't. The more I think about it, the more excited I get about it. Well, let's hear from the man that is daring to be great, our welterweight king, Kel Brook. I caught up with him a couple of weeks ago uh, as he started out on his training regime for this epic encounter on September the tenth with Triple G. Right then, last time we spoke. Um, we were obviously, quite a lot of the chat was about wanting the big fights, calling for the big fights, hoping that the big fights are around the corner. Doesn't get much bigger than this, mate. Doesn't get much bigger at all. What Before we move on to Triple G, what happened with Jesse Vargas? Was it just too much money? Did he want too much cash to uh, get in the ring with you? He wanted too much money. Um, you know, uh, he was wanting, you know... You know, uh, wanting too too many things from it. You know, the money. You know, the 
it, 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 you know, it reflects on everything, the flight tickets, tickets in general, uh, come, who walks out first. They were demanding a lot of things. And, Do you think he was purposely know. trying to outprice himself so he didn't have to have the fight? I don't know. I think, you know, anyone, you know, who steps in with me, you know, knows I'm dangerous. They know they find the best follow away, you know, on the planet. So they're going to try, they're going to try, aren't they? They're going to try. But the fact is, he were a world champion, but his name isn't, you know, isn't, he ain't got that, he ain't got that name like, yeah. like the big boys have, you know. So there weren't, there weren't lots and lots of money what could be generated between, between our fights. So, you know, in the end, you know, it was it was getting really close to the wire, so and then and then before you know it, we get this. We get, I got this. I got this message. Do you want the Golovkin fight? <laughs> you know, and I had to I had to double double check my phone and say, you know, is this message yeah. for me? Is this message? You know what? Not April Fool's Day, is it? So, <laughs> so straight away, you know, I said, go on the phone and make that fight, and then make that fight. You know, all, all all the fighters. You even get the you even get Canelos of the world. You know, giving the title up, yeah, you know, not to fight Golovkin. You know, they've been they've been close to getting getting their fight. You know, made before, but you know, Canelo seems to not want the fight. You know, me instantly. I want the big fight. It's like you just mentioned earlier. You know, not following me on, but you know, the opposition is. Has not been in my class, but I've had to find me mandatory. I've had to fight all they put in front of me. Were you think? Like were you thinking already about stepping up anywhere? Because, like you said, one four seven, mate. Everybody's frightened of you. They won't step in. They won't get. They don't want to face Kell Brook's power at that weight. So, were you already thinking maybe I've got to go to one five four? Maybe I've got to go to one sixty if I want to get myself a proper fight. You know, it was looking like that. It was looking like that. It's it's really hard. There's a lot of politics, you know, in this one four seven where. What which fighters on, you know what what you know what promoters uh, control, you know the other yeah. champions, and it's you know it's it is a lot, it is hard to actually get the fights made, you know so obviously it's, this fight's a you know it's a big risk for me. I'm jumping two weight divisions, you know because I will fight absolutely anybody, you know I I, I want to be in you know in fan it's, it's historic fights. I want to do what the greats have done. You know, I've only got a short window opportunity, and mm. I want to be in. I want to be in them fights where the world stops still. Everyone's talking about this fight, and that's exactly what I want to do. You know, the fans pay our wages, and I want to give the fans something. But I want to give them the best fights possible. You know, and this fight, uh, Triple G, you know, versus Bro, two, you know, two, two fighters what are unbeaten. You know, the best fighters in their division. Are coming together and put and putting it all on the line. Don't get much bigger, does it? No, it doesn't at all, mate. And you've just mentioned the um uh, the unbeaten champion factor of this, right? I don't think, to my knowledge, Triple G has been in with an unbeaten champion before. He's been in with unbeaten fighters, I think one or two, but not an unbeaten champion. That kind of sways the mentality in your favour in a way, because unlike Amir Khan Canelo, Amir was. He knew what it felt like to be chin. No disrespect to him, but he did. He, uh, Danny Garcia, uh, Brody Prescott. We know he knew what it felt like. So it was kind of one of those. Well, it's all right for getting chin. It's happened to me before. You, you've not been in that situation, so you don't know what that is. Your only, your only mentality is going in and chinning people. So yeah. that that kind of that kind of for the fan, you get to you get a little bit of a gist going. This is a bit tasty because Kel's not been there before. He's going to go in there and try and win this properly. Yeah, absolutely. I've. 
I've never I've never been beat before. You know, I'm I'm a world champion. I've got a world champion's mentality. And and what people don't don't realise is Amir Khan were eating up to the weight. You know, I'm still I've still got to come down to make middleweight. I'm a huge huge middleweight. I'm gonna be, you know, the same size as Golovkin, if if not bigger. Yeah. Believe it or not. You know, well, he's not, he's not a big middleweight, is it? I mean, you were you're a big welter, but he's not a big middleweight. And I, I thought when they, when it was made, it makes a lot of sense because you'd be quite similar in size on on fight night. We're going to be similar, in, in, you know, in a lot of ways. You know, he's not never fought anybody like me ever. You know, now I've got I've got a world champion. You know, mentality. I'm going to go in there. You know, I've seen every style. You know, there is in the school, the Ingle School. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going in there. You know, we, we you know to to, to take. To take his world titles off him, you know this is this is my time to shock the world. You know I'm gonna go in there. He's not gonna face anybody like me. I'm gonna bring things what he's not he's not seen before. You know the heart, the determination, and the will to win like a world champion. How's the how's the strength and power at this weight, mate? You're carrying it quite well. I'm carrying it very well. You know I'm I'm, I'm bringing this. You know I'm not I'm the speed the speed's not being lost, but yep. the power's gained. So I'm gonna be an absolute monster at one fifty. <laughs> So, Do you know something? The belts are. I, I kind of get the gist when I speak to you. The belts are irrelevant in this fight. This is about legacy, isn't it? This is about legacy. This is about you know. It's about to get the belts. It's about you know. This is about two 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 guys that you know are so determined on winning. You know, with massive hearts and the will to win. You know, it's, this this fight. You know, there's going to be fireworks in this fight. Everything in this fight, there's going to be so much drama in this fight. It's going to be an amazing, you know, battle. How many times have you already, since the announcement of this fight, watched uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler in 1987? Because it, it kind of rings true. This fight kind of has a lot of that about it. To be honest with you, you know, my, my feet haven't touched the floor. I've been, it's been non-stop, you know, since it's been announced. Yeah, I bet. You know, but when I get into, when I get into uh, the rhythm of training hard and everything else, when then you know when it when I come down to relaxing, I'll be watching the Leonard Hagler, the you know the the Sugar Ray Robinson, you know yeah. old you know the Tino teen, teen, Trinidad, Trino Trinidad when he when he came up, and, and you know be, I'll be look I'll be watching them looking in their eyes and you know seeing you know what great our greats used to approach these type of fights because I believe I belong at this level and I'm sure the world that I do. Well, it's been, like you say, you must take a lot of heed from those type of fights because it's been done before. People have stepped up. The greats have stepped up. They took on great fighters, people that were classed as un- unbeatable in particular divisions and pulled off the unthinkable. And like you said, that, that is your moment, September the 10th. That is your moment to do that. It is. It is like, you know, um, I'm, you know, basically I'm so, so excited that finally I've got, you know, not, not just a big fight, the biggest fight in world boxing, yeah. and you know it's been made. It's official. You know, I fly out to New York Thursday to to have a first press conference. Have you have you met him before? I've not met him before, but I'm looking forward to meeting him. Yeah, and believe it or not, I'm look I'm looking forward to feeling his power <laughs> in a, in a crazy kind of way. I'm looking forward to feeling this power. What you know, what what everybody's saying he's got. You know, as weird as it sounds. You know, I'm, I, I can't wait to... Uh, You're a sick man. You're a sick, sick man. I'm not a sick man. <laughs> but, you know, you, you've got to be crazy to, to do this sport in first place. You know, especially, you know, being being unbeaten a world champion, you've got to be a, a crazy individual, I think. I, I kind of... 
the thing, I understand what you mean, though, when you want to feel his power. It's like, I want to feel a bit of what you've got, and then here, feel what I've got, and let's see if you can take what I've got, because you're going to have to dish it out to him, aren't you? Absolutely. I'm going to I'm have to get his respect, you know, on the 10th of September. And believe you me, I've got, I've got some bombs waiting for him. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame that it's not in Sheffield, this, isn't it? It's great that it's in the UK, and obviously we get to see this on our, on our soil Again, another uh, thing that Gennady's not done before come to the UK. So it will be alien to him because, let's be honest, yes, there will be fans in there for him who want to see him because he classed as the pound-for-pound best. But it's not going to be a partisan crowd. This is going to be at least an 80-20 split in favour of Kell Brook. It's going to be a cauldron in there. You know, I'm hoping that all the nation are behind me, backing me in this fight because, you know... uh... You know, I'm up against it. I'm up against the you know most feared most feared fighter on the planet. You know, and I'm willing to to move up in weight and put it all on the line. You know, I'm putting my unbeaten record on the line, putting everything on the line. You know, to show what I, what a warrior I am, that I can move up the weights. You know, and beat the best in the world. And uh, I'm looking forward to this challenge 100. percent Are you uh, also looking forward to uh, pulling this off, winning? And then maybe on the Monday morning after the fight, a phone call from Emir Khan, maybe asking you for a bit of a tear up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how I times think, might change, Kel? How times might change? And how times might change? Uh, you know, I, don't, I think it's it, it made it clear that he doesn't he doesn't want to get you know knocked out again. So I don't think he'll be picking up for no. Kel, listen, mate. All the best with camp. Stay healthy with this because the fans the fans are gagging for it. Absolutely, you're gagging for it. The fans are gagging for it even more, mate. It's going to be an absolute barnstormer. September the tenth. Wish you all the best with camp, mate, and uh, bring it. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it, mate. Thank you very much. Now all fighters do this, Nick. They talk the talk. Do you think that Kelbrook can walk the walk on September the tenth? I hope so. I hope so because you know we've spoken about on the podcast. We speak about. Kelbrook all the time as one of our one of the UK's you know 13 world champions and what a great guy he is and how hard he works and the fact that he doesn't get what he deserves and he's never had that big title fight he's never had that big legacy fight if you're like well this is it this is the legacy fight he's had to go up two weight divisions to get it but this is his legacy fight this is where he kind of puts his stamp on not just British boxing but world boxing to go down as one of the you know one of the very best fighters this is his opportunity the problem is he's Stepping up to fight a guy that, you know, is potentially everyone's pound for pound fighter on the planet right now. My number two, as you know. But, mm. you know, most people consider this guy pound for pound the best on the planet. For people that haven't listened to our podcast, his number one is Lomachenko, by the way. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Goes without Just but, in case. So it's a yeah. tough, it's a, it's a hell of a fight for Kel Brook, but what an opportunity. And similar to when Amir Khan fought Canelo, it's a win-win fight. It's a win-win fight because he's not supposed to win. Obviously, everybody in Sheffield and most of the UK want Kell Brook to win. But outside of outside of this country, when you certainly when you cross the Atlantic or go the opposite way into into Europe, he's got no chance. People are writing him off already. This is a guy who's a world champion, undefeated. He's being written off already because Triple G is that good. But Kell Brook can upset the world. He could shock the world. Right. I'm going to ask you a question then. Because the week after, Beefy goes to Dallas to take on uh, JR <laughs> Canelo, oh. right, in his back garden. Wow. Were and this is ridiculous that I'm saying this because both Beefy, Liam Smith, and Kelbrook are world champions at this moment in time. It's yeah. ridiculous that I'm even asking you this question that there is a possibility that you could class either one of those as causing an upset when they are currently world champions. But out of the two, which one is more likely to cause the upset? Liam. 
Do you reckon? I'm going to go with Liam Smith. And the other way around. I'm going to go with Liam Smith. And the reason being is, you know, we just touched on it then. Kel is moving up. Kel is the one who's, you know, he's having to grow into a new weight division. This is not his weight class. You know, he's given advantage Triple G before the first punch is thrown. The difference is Liam Smith isn't. He isn't moving up. He is the super welterweight champion of the world. You know, he's the one that's putting his belt on the line against Canelo. He's Junior the one middleweight. That... Junior middleweight. Super welterweight? Junior middleweight? You said super middleweight. I'm sure you did. Super welterweight? Well, super yeah. we- this is the problem you said. I used to, I, see, 154 I preferred... pounds. 154 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I used to prefer, like, what was wrong with, like, middleweight? What was wrong with, like, They confuse it. These Americans, why, they why want to get in on the pie. Super welterweight? Anyway. Anyway. He's the 154-pound champion. <laughs> exactly. And he's the one that's going to walk to the ring, and he's this, you know, his belt is on the line. You know, he should be the one walking to the ring second. I don't know whether he will be, but, you know, that's the difference. This is Liam's belt. This is Liam's, you know, okay, he's going over to, to Dallas, and he's going to put it in, you know, Arlington, Texas, sorry. It's going to be in this big super stadium. You know, kind of advantage Alvarez because he's been in that world before. But this is Liam's belt. Liam's won this belt, defended it successfully. He's on this incredible knockout run right to the title and through these couple of defences that he's had. Liam Smith will meet Canelo in the middle of that ring and he will not be found wanting ability-wise. You know, obviously people may think Canelo's got a better boxer and everything else, but Liam Smith's got the chin that can take that weight class. He's used to being hit by a guy in that weight division. That's the only difference for me because Kelly's, he's the one going up and I think it's just a bit more of a stretch but it's uh, imagine a double. Imagine a British double. Oh, I, I would not be surprised. What are the odds on that? That might be worth mm. a little little five pound bet. Probably pay your mortgage off if it comes in. Please bet responsibly. And I'm not surprised <laughs> that you, as a scouser, have not backed against a fellow scouser. I'm not surprised. It's not how we work. That's no, it ain't, is it? Work. No, even if he was going in against King Kong, you got yeah. I still fancy him. I still I, fancy he could do it. I actually would back Leafy against and uh, Beefy against King Kong. To be honest with you. Well, we've got to calm down. We've got to calm down because we've got three and a half weeks yet. We've got three and a half weeks before it's before it's here. So everybody, calm down. We peaked too early. We've been talking about it too early. Yeah. Getting too excited. Christmas isn't here yet. Okay. Uh, September the 10th is when that new season gets underway with Kel Brook taking on Triple G. It's going to be dead exciting. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Um, we are from the Fight Disciples podcast, sticking uh, uh, in the seats today for Gareth A. Davis, who's taking a well-earned break on Fight Club here on TalkSport 2. Hope you've enjoyed the show. If you've missed any part of it, it will be available for you in full via podcast. Please go and download it. Coming up next, it's an hour of UFC mixed martial arts chat, so make sure you stick around for that. From us, hopefully, we will speak to you again. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.